It's the Wednesday edition of the show that shakes the Southland. Hello and welcome in to y'all. Hope y'all are having a great day and a great middle part of your week. We can all sleep well now knowing that the guy up in Pennsylvania has been caught after two weeks on the run. Pretty good for his effort. The killer, literally killer on the loose that he was able to avoid being caught for two weeks. But yeah, oh, you can't. You can't usually, I won't say always, you can't usually run from the feds and everybody else involved in Pennsylvania, but uh, they got him there, so you can sleep easy, all you Yankee folks in Pennsylvania, that that guy evidently is back in jail, but w- did you see that video, the way he got out of jail? Ooh, man, that was pretty pretty crafty by the Brazilian there in Pennsylvania. All right, let's talk about what's going on in the Southeast today on this Y'all Show, of which you can join us as we have our show available in podcast form, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, as well as Apple Podcasts and Apple iTunes and y'all.com. Our show is absolutely free of charge. If you want to find us in podcast form, just search for Y'all Show and we're right there each and every day. I have a Apple Podcast subscription to the show, which is free, by the way, and it comes in magically to my phone every day. And now the last thing I want to do is sit there and listen to myself talk for three three hours a day. But, hey, I think y'all might want to listen to me because I, I, I usually not only have myself, but I have great people join me here on the Y'all Show. And you want to make sure you listen to them for lots of reasons. People like the Takapola Storyteller that are on our show each and every Tuesday. We had a great conversation with him on Tuesday's Y'all Show about Facebook and its censorship. And if you missed that, go back and listen to our Tuesday, September 12th edition of the Y'all Show in all those different podcast options. Jerry Short, the Takapola storyteller, he was on Tuesday's show. We also told you all about the Louisiana-born author, novelist Jennifer Weiner, and her new book, the Breakaway, it's one of the top five books on the New York Times bestsellers list. We told you all about her. We talked about the best stuffed baked potatoes as we had a great recipe from asouthernsoul.com. So that's just yesterday's y'all show. And then if you go back to Monday, we had great, great information that we passed on as part of our Southern Culture Spotlight. And if you missed this, this is something that you really should go back and listen to. It was fueled by my going to church Sunday and a guy wore a baseball cap the entire time in church. And I just thought, that's got to be a major crime. Or is it in today's world where everything's upside down? So I went back on the Monday Y'all Show. If you go back and find our podcast, go to southernliving.com. They've got an article up called When It's Rude to Wear Your Hat Indoors. And I walked through that article on our Monday show. And sure enough, you're not supposed to wear a baseball cap in church you're really not supposed to wear it indoors you're not supposed to wear it when you're eating a meal hint hint and hint now ladies you have completely different rules that's usually the way it is for women anyway right but certainly when it comes to wearing hats women can wear their pretty dress hats in church that's perfectly acceptable women can wear them indoors and you know what ladies keep wearing those hats they sure are pretty we had a lot of stuff of course monday was the 22nd anniversary of September 11th, 2001. And so we had a lot of information passed along on our Monday show about that. So that was just this week along. We've done more than 600, I think more than 650 episodes of the Y'all Show. And all those shows are archived 
in those different podcast platforms. So check it out. And we're going to keep making the hits here on the Y'all Show, like what we're going to do today on the Y'all Show. Let me tell you what's up today. we got headlines. We've got the latest out of Memphis, where those five officers who ended up being charged in the beating death of Tyree Nichols. We've got an update from the Bluff City on those five Memphis police officers. Also, in our headlines across the southeast today, this is it's been a, been a story we've been covering for a few weeks now, or really more about a week hurricane lee hurricane lee has shifted a little bit and it may end up affecting portions of the united states we'll give you the latest from the tropics on that another update to a story we told you about a former nfl wide receiver has died mike williams we let you know about this former tampa bay buccaneers receiver who's out of the nfl now but was working i think in construction around tampa and he got injured on the job Unfortunately, he's died. I'll give you the details in this developing story. Also, a story out of Knoxville, Tennessee. You know, they got these NIL deals going on for colleges, and they're getting somewhat ridiculous. Well, the Tennessee Vols have a pretty good player on their team named Joe Milton. And now, if you're lucky enough to live in certain sections of Tennessee, you can go to a McDonald's and enjoy a Milton Mill. He has signed a deal with some local McDonald's franchises in Tennessee, Joe Milton, the Tennessee QB. And so we'll tell you about exactly what in the world a Milton Mill is and more about that in our headlines across the southeast today. Also, we'll tell you about how a, a tragic story out of Georgia where a mother and father of a young child that was being born or was going through labor the child ended up dying and evidently according to the story this couple is now filing a lawsuit against the doctor because the doctor posted images of their decapitated baby online that's right the baby somehow the head was cut off during delivery and now this doctor put pictures up online and it's caused a lawsuit to be filed we'll tell you about this tragic story out of the state of georgia also in our news headlines today, dinosaur tracks found in Texas. What's that all about? And an alligator found not just in Tennessee, but an alligator found in East Tennessee. you got to be kidding me. <laughs> all of that is coming up. Plus, we'll also let you know how a man in Florida stole 12 diamond rings and then got caught. Guess where? No, I'm sorry. This was not in Florida. My apologies to Florida. This guy stole 12 diamond rings, and instead of running out of the jewelry store, the guy decided to hide in the Memphis jewelry store. Yeah, you you can't uh, you can't fix stupid sometimes. So we've got all those headlines and more coming up here on this Wednesday Y'all Show. We also have in our first hour of the program all about the Southeast, hashtag Hullabaloo. This is where we go on social media and dig up great stuff that people are talking about that would be of interest to you all. And here on today's Y'all Show, we've got some Texas politics to discuss as part of our social media conversation. And then a guy from the South that is just in people's heads and, and, and they just can't get rid of it. And this guy, for the most part, has been on quite a tear, except when he went down to Oxford 
and made a lot of people mad in the last couple of months by canceling a concert. Morgan Wallen, we're going to talk about Morgan Wallen's influence and why is he just so big right now? Because somebody on social media pointed this out and we're going to relay that to you here in our opening hour of today's Y'all Show. Also in our Y'all Show Wednesday edition, in our second hour, we've got our Southern recipe of the day coming your way. And for the first time, I think this is the first time in over 650 episodes of the Y'all Show, I probably should have started today's show off with an announcement of this. We're going to have the delightful Albany, or as she would say, Albany, Georgia native, appear on this show. Now, it's going to be courtesy of her website and a video on her website, but we're going to have for the very first time the delightful sounds of Miss Y'all herself, Paula Dean. That's right. The Albany native and Savannah, Georgia lady, our lady and sons, the lady and sons, whatever the heck her restaurant's called there. <laughs> Paula Dean is going to be on with us in hour number two in recorded form, that is, as she's on her website, pauladean.com, and we're going to get her to talk about the thing that's probably the number one thing she's known for, the, the most important thing from a food standpoint that she's known for. You want to take a guess what that is? It's not chicken. It's not macaroni. It's not grits. I think if you were to get Paula Dean to sit down with you, and I've done that once before on a very cold night when she was on a book tour, had a great uh, great hour-long interview with her. I'm sure she remembers it. Um, and I'm sure she does it. Because I, I found out at that time when I interviewed Paula Dean, she was about the hottest thing in the country. I mean, she was... She had at least 500 people standing outside of the room that I was in waiting for a chance for her to enter, uh, not not interview her, but get her to sign their book that they had just purchased. She had a new book out, and she was on a book tour. In her prime, she was as hot as it could be, maybe bigger than Elvis Presley. (laughs) Paula Dean, hey, y'all. Yeah, we're going to have her on, and, and, and as I said, the thing that she's probably best known for, the number one thing that she cooks, that's the sort of like the water of her life, water meaning you got to have it, biscuits. That's right. And we've got Paula Dean's Southern Biscuit Recipe. We're going to have her tell you about when we have our Southern Recipe of the Day coming up in hour number two today. So we got that coming up. Plus, we've got our Southern Business Report the new iPhone is coming, iPhone 15. We got news on Ford as the Ford Motor Company has got some changes going on within their electric vehicle rollout. We'll give you the update on that. Plus, is the five-day commute dead? An article out about that. Yes, no, not the five-day work week, but the deal where you actually get a shower. You wake up, get a shower, you put your cologne on, and then you get in the car, you drive 30 minutes to work, and then you work eight hours, and you do that five times a week. Story out, the five-day commute is dead, gonzo. We'll tell you about that as part of our Southern Business Report in our second hour today. Also, we've got some good information for all of you Publix shoppers across the Southeast. Story out about the Publix company out of Florida that we'll share with you. In our final hour today, we've got our Southern History Spotlight. Today is the anniversary 
of the attack on Fort McHenry in Baltimore Harbor. Oh, say can you see, yes, that happened back in the War of 1812 on this day in history, and a guy happened to see that battle, and Mr. Francis Scott Key wrote a song about it that ended up becoming the national anthem. We'll talk about Fort McHenry. Also on this day, the sinking of the Judah, a Confederate ship off of the coast of Pensacola, Florida. Why is that important in our southern history? It was the first naval battle, at least where a ship was sunk, in the American Civil War. And it happened on this day in 1861. We'll tell you all about Judah. Rhett Butler's ship. Just kidding. It was some kind of blockade runner, I think. I think. We'll we'll have all of our Confederate naval stuff passed along to you in our final hour. Also today marks the birthday of Blackjack. General John Pershing, Blackjack Pershing, World War I hero, was born on this day in history in his native Missouri. We'll tell you more about General Pershing. Also today is the birthday of a couple of Southerners that have television and comedy in their background. The late Nell Carter, born on this day, as she was born in Birmingham on this day in history. And New Orleans-born Tyler Perry was born on this day. We'll tell you about both of those comedic actors, actresses, in our Southern History Spotlight of our final hour. And we also have in that last hour today coming up, a Southern Humor Spotlight. And we're going to keep the spotlight on Tyler Perry. As we've got, you know, one of the things he's most famous for is Medea. And so we've got a clip of Tyler Perry as Medea, and he's got an inspirational message. Now, a lot of it's funny, but it's pretty funny and it's pretty inspirational. And we're going to let you hear from Tyler Perry in our final hour. So how about that? we got audio from Tyler Perry and Paula Dean both in today's Y'all Show. That's pretty exciting, don't you think? I think it is. And again, if you want to get involved with the Y'all Show, it's easy to do. You can text us, our number, 615-208-4184. You can email us anytime, M-A-I-L, mail, at Y-A-L-L.com. Both texting and emails are always welcome here on the show that shakes the Southland. Now, let's pick up a few news stories before we move on here in our first hour and give you some social media fun, what we call hashtag hullabaloo. Update out of the Memphis Police Department. Memphis Police, back a few months ago, were in the news nationwide because five former MPD officers ended up, according to authorities, beating to death Tyree Nichols. And now these five former MPD officers were charged Tuesday with federal civil rights violations in the beating death of Nichols as they are continuing to fight second-degree murder charges in state courts from this killing. The five officers, Tadarius Bean, Desmond Mills, Demetrius Haley, Emmett Martin, and Justin Smith, indicted Tuesday in the U.S. District Court in Memphis. The indictment, which is in four counts, charges all five with deprivation of rights under the color of law through excessive force and failure to intervene. That's one of the counts. Also through deliberate indifference, conspiracy to witness tampering, and obstruction of justice through witness tampering. This all stems from the January 7th traffic stop near Nichols's Memphis home. And these officers, and the video shows it, 
punched, kicked, and then slugged the 29-year-old Tyree Nichols with a baton as he called out for his mother. He would ultimately, three days after this incident, die at a Memphis hospital. All officers, just like Tyree Nichols, are black. And they have all pleaded not guilty to state charges of second-degree murder and other alleged offenses in this case. But on Tuesday, the development in this story is these five former police officers now getting a case in federal court as they were charged with federal civil rights violations in the death of Tyree Nichols. That story from Tuesday. Elsewhere in our news headlines across the nation and across the southeast today, Americans are now going to get an updated COVID-19 vaccine if they want it. That according to health officials. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has now endorsed these new vaccine shots for everyone six months and older. As the director of the CDC signed off on Tuesday on the recommendation to add this new vaccine. And so those doses are going to be available later this week. Some as early as today, to be honest with you. Now, we know that COVID-19 in a lot of cases has faded. Its severity has faded, but there are still thousands of hospitalizations and deaths going on with COVID-19. And so, particularly in the South, you might, if you if you feel like you need a new vaccine, this one has been updated to perhaps counter some of the strains of the COVID-19 virus. And experts were that immunity from previous vaccinations and infections is fading in many people, and this new shot would save a lot of lives. So, hey, you make your own decision. Here's what you need to know about this new COVID-19 shot, though. Who should get it? According to the public officials, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration has approved this shot from Pfizer and Moderna for adults six months and older. Most people can get a single dose even if they've never had a prior COVID-19 shot. So that's something. Where can you get this shot? Now, one thing important about this new updated COVID shot, vaccine shot, is it will be available at pharmacies, health centers, and some doctor's offices. The price of each shot, and this is not covered by the government. You're going to have to pay for this. It's going to be between $120 to $130. So not a, a freebie this time. For the uninsured or underinsured, the CDD, the CDC is working with health departments, clinics, and certain pharmacies to temporarily provide free shots. So we have that going on. Why do you need more COVID shots? Again, similar to how flu shots are updated each year, the FDA has given the COVID-19 vaccine makers a new recipe for the fall of 2023. And these updated COVID shots have a single target, an Omicron descendant named XBBB 1.5. And these new vaccines give a combination of shots targeting the original coronavirus strain and a much earlier Omicron version. So these new ones basically are giving you a fresher shot, one that's supposedly going to help out with these new strains. Look, this is all a personal decision. If you feel like you don't need the shot, don't get it. If you feel like your life would be a lot easier, better, and safer with it, then you do what you got to do. 
We're just telling you about it here on today's Y'all Show. An update on Hurricane Lee. Evidently, the path for Hurricane Lee has now shifted a little westward, and it ended. it's ending up it might affect the state of Maine. It's going to definitely skip the United States' southern coast on the Atlantic side. Hurricane Lee remains a Category 3 hurricane with 115 mile per, miles per hour winds today. And it is now going on its northern path instead of heading more toward the west at the current time. But before it gets up to Canada, it's going to go to the west of Bermuda and then head toward both Maine and Atlantic Canada. And the Hurricane Center has said that the risk of wind, coastal flooding, and rain impacts increasing the portions of New England and Atlantic Canada. You need to be careful if you have family, friends, or maybe you're listening to us in that section of the world. Be advised, as I'm sure you are. This Hurricane Center forecast shows Hurricane Lee possibly making landfall as a powerful but not tropical storm late Saturday or early Sunday. Cooler waters of New England or off the coast of New England are going to make this thing slow down and certainly not churn as strong as it has been. It's been a Category 5 hurricane at times, but it is expected to come ashore as a just a nasty tropical storm or almost tropical storm. And so be advised of that. And it's going to likely cause a lot of flooding, if nothing else, to Atlantic Canada and the U.S. state of Maine. We also have Hurricane Margot that has formed, and the latest on Hurricane Margot is it has had 85-mile-per-hour winds, a Category 1 hurricane, and currently this hurricane, Margot, is no threat to land. As forecasters think that Margot is going to slow down and stall and then maybe head back further into the Atlantic. So that is wonderful, wonderful news tell you from the tropics that at least from the southern perspective these two storms are not going to be affecting the southeast this week that's a look at some of our headlines we've got more headlines that we will be getting to after the break also want to remind you before the hour is up we've got hashtag huddleballoo coming your way and you don't want to miss out on what we've got to say from a southern perspective with hashtag huddleballoo so that's all ahead on the show all about the south we are y'all powered by y'all.com and we'll be right back y'all I can remember us cruising through town in your daddy's car with the top pulled down Looking so cool We came from different sides of the track But we still held hands out back of the old school We spent all our time together Laughing and having fun we swore that we'd love forever Cause that was the way things were done At the old school We both made it to our graduation 
You chose a college, I chose a vocation Driving 18 wheels I became a part of your past You went and married some guy in your class He was a big deal Your picture was in all the papers You made such a lovely bride they said you were going places But me, I just went for a ride Down by the old school And we're back on y'all, the pride of Versailles, Kentucky. Mr. Rose Colored Glasses himself, the, the old undertaker, John Conley. That song there from 1986, it only got up to number five. I can't believe that one. That's one of the best John Conley songs for sure there. We're back here on y'all talking about John Conley and all the other great news and entertainment and all the other goings on of the Southeast here on this Wednesday. For most of you, a, a rather pleasant day across the Southeast. Let's continue on with our news headlines of the day and an update to a story that we told you about a few days back and sadly Former NFL wide receiver Mike Williams has died as he was injured in a construction accident two weeks ago and was put on a ventilator. And at one point it looked like he was going to be able to breathe on his own and, and maybe get past this. But unfortunately, the former NFL player for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Buffalo Bills died on Tuesday. He was 36 years old. He died in the NFL. Uh, he, he played in the NFL between the years 2010 and 2014 and he died at St. Joseph Hospital in Tampa according to his agent Mike Williams was injured at a construction site in Hillsborough County, Florida and ended up having to go on life support and I think he'd gone into construction or something in his post-NFL career and he was according to his family partially paralyzed in the accident but it evidently affected him in a major way of which he ended up being hospitalized and ended up dying. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the statement said we are saddened to hear of the untimely death of Mike Williams which has left our organization, his former teammates and fans with very heavy hearts. We send our deepest sympathies to his family and loved ones as they mourn this tragedy. He played his college football at Syracuse before getting into the NFL. He was a native of Buffalo and ended up playing with the Bills for a brief time, but ended up going into construction or working with home construction of some type in the last few years. And unfortunately, another example of how dangerous that business can be in the world of, of construction. People get injured all the time. And in the case of Mike Williams, sadly, this former NFL receiver who wore number 19 with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in his time in Tampa, he's died way too young at the age of 36 years old a story out of I think this is out of Georgia a couple yes in Georgia a couple in Georgia has filed a lawsuit against a doctor that they are accusing of posting images of their decapitated baby online the doctor is claiming he posted the graphic pictures on his social media for educational purposes but the 20-year-old mother of the child and the 21-year-old father, Jessica Ross and Trevion Isaiah Taylor Sr., are accusing 
the doctor, the OBGYN, Tracy St. Julian, of using too much force and decapitating their son during delivery at Southern Regional Medical Center as this baby was being born in July and something went awry and the baby lost its head. And now they are filing a lawsuit, the parents, against this hospital, the doctor, and a second doctor, Dr. Jackson Gates, accusing them of posting graphic autopsy pictures on social media. As the family attorney for this mother and father said, after all of the abuse suffered by this young couple, unfortunately, Dr. Gates continued to perpetuate it, perpetuate it, their abuse by posting both pictures and video of their decapitated child on social media, namely Instagram. I can't believe they do that. I cannot believe and And if it's out there on Instagram, then the whole world could have seen it. And unfortunately, just a, I don't know how this could have been in the words of that doctor, the OBGYN, educational. But uh, we'll have to keep our eye on this story. Just a grisly, awful story coming from the state of Georgia today. Have you heard the name Kim Davis lately? Remember, she was a big name eight years ago. Back in the summer of 2015, she was the lady in Rowan County, Kentucky, that was a clerk. And she refused to sign off on marriage licenses for gay couples. And it became a major, major story. And a lot of people supported Kim Davis. I was proud of her. She took a stand after the Supreme Court decided that gay people could be married. And they they had the same rights as heterosexual couples when it came to being married. And this woman said it was a a violation of her religious beliefs and she wasn't going to sign off on marriage certificates in Rowan County, Kentucky. Well, early this week in Ashland, Kentucky, a federal trial began at the courthouse there in Rowan County to decide how much money Kim Davis may have to owe two different same-sex couples. As a judge ruled that this former Rowan County clerk violated their constitutional rights when she denied them marriage licenses. Again, this was right after the Supreme Court made it legal and people like Kamala Harris had to rush down and become the first officiant of gay marriages in California. That's true. Have y'all ever seen that? She, I think, gave the first marriage ceremony officially where it was legal in the state of California, which that might have been the first one in the country. She was then the Attorney General, I believe, of California in 2015. And she was in the San Francisco City Hall, I think, where she officiated a gay marriage. Well, she wasn't in Rowan County, Kentucky, because this lady, Kim Davis, would not have let Kamala Harris (laughs) have that certificate to get them married. And it's been eight years. It's hard to believe it's been eight years. Two couples, again, suing her, David Arnold and David Moore, denied a marriage license three different times and then James Yates and Will Smith denied a total of five times and they're suing and trying to get some damages on September 3rd of 2015 a judge ordered Kim Davis to jail for contempt of court and thousands rallied with her in Carter County Kentucky when she was released and a judge 
ruled without the need of a trial that Kim Davis clearly violated the couple's 14th Amendment right to marry. And I haven't heard much, and you haven't either, what she's been doing all these years in Kentucky. I guess that's where she is. She, she said that it was a violation of her religious beliefs, but the federal government came down hard. They came down hard on her. The media came down even harder on Kim Davis and made her a, a villain. A villain. Of course, all this stems from the 2015 Supreme Court decision in Obergefell versus Hodges, of which gay rights won the day. And the White House got lit up in rainbow colors that day when Obama was president. It was a victory for the gay rights movement in 2015. And Kim became, well, a relic of the past, you could say. I wonder if anybody else has tried to say that they would not issue a same-sex license anymore when this was going on a young John was sitting there thinking you know when this when Kim was refusing to give this certificate back in 2015 I thought now is the perfect time to just outlaw marriage altogether we don't need to have a piece of paper to get married do we and so that was the perfect time for conservatives to say all right now if gays can get married, then let's just out, outlaw marriage altogether from a governmental standpoint. That's what I thought. It's really between the man and the woman and God if they want to get married. And um, do you, does the government really need to be involved in those kind of decisions? Other than the reason a lot of people get married is for financial reasons, just for that that whole legal purpose of being married not not that that matters it doesn't because you can undo a marriage just as much as you can become married okay enough of my marriage talk <laughs> here on today's y'all show we will have more headlines uh yeah we gotta we gotta clean the place up after we start talking about marriage and kim davis and all that here on this wednesday y'all show we will take a break when we come back we got social media coming in oh lord what in the world if maybe kim davis is a subject coming in on social media day oh lordy we'll check it out we'll find out what's going on actually we got to talk about texas when we come back because i know that's one of the posts that someone has sent us that's ahead on the show all about the south we are y'all when i die I may not go to heaven And I don't know if they the cowboys here If they don't Just to let me go to Texas Boys Texas is as close as I feel New York couldn't hold my attention Detroit City not sing my song If tomorrow finds me busted Let me Dallas And I won't care Cause at least I'll know I'm home When I die I may not go to heaven But I don't know If they let cowboys in And if they don't just let me go to Texas, boys. Texas is as close 
Texas is as close as I've been. Lady that's about to turn 65 years old here in a couple of weeks from Seminole, Texas, Tanya Tucker. We're back on y'all and little Miss Dynamite Tanya Tucker gonna gonna be kind of an inspiration behind our hashtag Hullabaloo to wrap up hour number one. This is where we find things on social media and we share it with y'all. Michael Quinn Sullivan is on social media. He has the X account at MQ Sullivan. And Michael Quinn Sullivan is the publisher of something called Texas Scorecard, and he's also host of the Texas Minute podcast. He says, widely hated by crony politicians, and he's written a couple of books. Michael Quinn Sullivan, a name you can't forget. (laughs) Just kidding. Here's what Michael Quinn is out talking about on social media this week. As he's put up a post that says, according to CNBC, Texas is the worst place to live for a liberal. Good, he writes, and as Texans, our goal should be to make it even worse for them. If you are moving to Texas from some leftist state, we'd love to have you. Just be sure to leave that bad political baggage behind. That from the publisher of the Texas Scorecard and host of the Texas Minute podcast, Michael Quinn Sullivan. Well, Michael, uh, thank you for putting your heartfelt emotions into your ex account. You're not alone. You are not alone in saying that. In fact, there are people in states around this country that are seeing an influx of liberals coming into their state, or people from liberal states, is what I should point out. I first heard of this notion when I was in. Arizona a few years back and some friends of mine we were visiting them and they said man we're just being run over by people from California they're moving here they're getting rid of all the they're tired of all the bad taxes and bad policies of California and so they're moving one state over to Arizona into the very red state of Arizona and guess what fast forward a few years Arizona is now a blue state. It has one and a half Democratic senators. Kristen, whatever her name is, um, the lady that's a U.S. senator from there, she was a Democrat, and then she got ticked off with some of the stuff, and so she, Cinema, that's who I'm trying to think of, Kristen Cinema. She's now supposedly an Dem- a, a independent. She She's a Democrat. Come on. And then you've got the other guy who's the husband of Tulsi Gabbard, Mark Kelly, I think's his name. He is the other U.S. Senator for the state of Arizona. You had a contentious governor's race that the Democrat ended up winning that. Democrats seem to be in control of the Grand Canyon state. And so my friend's fear came to, came to be. When you let liberals come into your state and they keep liberal mindsets going, guess what? They vote like liberals, and you have Democrats win. That's what happened in Arizona. That's evidently happening in places like Georgia. How could Georgia be a blue state with a with two certified USDA Democratic senators in Warnock and Ossoff? Those two positions were held by Republicans 
three years ago. And now Democrats have a firm grip in Georgia, at least from a federal standpoint. And then you look at the governor, Brian Kemp, man, he's, to borrow a term from the world of vet, veterinarian sciences, he's kind of neutered. He's been neutered. He doesn't like Trump, but he can't really, I, I don't know. He's a whole nother case study, Brian Kemp, governor of Georgia. But bottom line, how could Georgia have switched like it has? Then you got states like Tennessee, where people are coming in every day from California. Tennessee is about as red as you could be right now. But if enough people from California and other liberal states move into the volunteer state, you could see that state shift. At least to be more purple than ruby red as it is now. I think Alabama and Mississippi are pretty solid. I don't think a lot of Californians are moving into Cali- uh, moving into Demopolis and moving into Knox or Pater <laughs> in Mississippi or uh, some of the other places. Well, well, give me another crazy name. Uh, Alligator, Mississippi. I, I doubt too many Californians are looking up the real estate prices of Alligator, Mississippi these days. But I could be wrong. Uh, and I don't think too many Californians are wanting to move to Arkansas or Oklahoma. But Tennessee, that's an attractive place for liberals because of Nashville primarily and the fact that Tennessee doesn't have a state income tax. South Carolina, along the eastern seaboard, you're eat up with people moving down from the northeast because it's really not that far. So hanging on to your conservatism is a pretty tough challenge in some of our southern states. I wish you well. I like to see the South strongly conservative. That's what I'm hoping for. With a few pockets of liberalism like Austin, Texas, Asheville, North Carolina. But the rest, let's make it as red as Oklahoma. Pop Crave is on social media, at Pop Crave. And Pop Crave has put out a post that says, Last Night by Morgan Wallen has been crowned Billboard's Song of the Summer. We'll have to play Last Night before we get out of here today. The guy from East Tennessee is just killing it. Song of the Summer, Last Night. Now, as good as that might be to Pop Crave on social media, Lily... She might be one of these California liberals that have moved into the South. She's not too happy about Morgan Wallen dominating and being the guy behind the song of the summer. Lily, whose X account is L and then about I times 8, L-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-13, she replies back to Pop Crave, As a Southerner, I can confirm that this is all anyone really like 95% of the listeners down here listen to. She's saying that eh, 95% of the people in the South, it appears, really like Morgan Wallen. That's from Lily. That's what she said. I, I wouldn't, Lily, I wouldn't put it quite that high. I'm thinking it might be more like 94% of the South is really into Morgan Wallen music. And he has, according to Billboard, the song of the summer with Last Night. Uh, hmm. I think I'm going to put some whiskey glasses on and celebrate that feat for Mr. Wallen. And that is a look at some of our hashtag hullabaloo fun for hour number one. When we come back in hour two, 
Miss Paula, hey y'all, is going to be here. Paula Dean, we got some biscuit information coming in from Paula Dean that we'll be sharing, plus a Southern Business Spotlight. All that on the show about Dixie. Stay tuned. Welcome into Hour 2 on this Wednesday Y'all Show, powered by Y'all.com, the South's homepage. The general of all things Southern, John Rawl, glad to have you back on here. we got a very good and powerful second hour. So powerful that we're going to even have Paula Dean. Hey, y'all, Paula Dean is coming on to talk about biscuits here in this second hour of our Southern Conversation. And speaking of food, we've got some news headlines here in our second hour that involve Food and a Tennessee Vols quarterback, Joe Milton, with his new NIL deal. He's got the Milton meal at select East Tennessee locations of McDonald's. <laughs> what does that consist of? We'll tell you in our news headlines here of hour number two. We also have in our news headlines hour number two today, how a man in Florida stole an excavator and plowed it into a Walmart. Yikes. That's some of our headlines for hour number two. Plus, we'll catch you up on Hurricane Lee as it's going to miss the south. But there are sections of the country that need to be paying attention to this storm out there churning in the Atlantic Ocean at the current time. That's coming up in our headlines. We also have in our second hour, Paula Dean. As I said, she's going to be coming on in a few minutes. And we've got some audio courtesy of her website, PaulaDean.com, where Miss Paula is cooking up in the kitchen some delicious southern biscuits and so we're going to get her to talk about her southern biscuit recipe it's our southern recipe of the day coming up in just a few minutes here in our second hour of the y'all show before the hour comes to an end we've got our southern business spotlight and we've got information on iphones iphones are going to have a 15th edition come out in just a few weeks and i think i think that's right they haven't sent me a a loaner to let me try it out i'm sporting in case you're wondering an iphone 8 i think i got it in 2017 so and it works just fine should i splurge and get the new iphone 15 i'm thinking about it i'm thinking about it i just don't i don't want to spend the money (laughs) and you know what I, i think i heard a report earlier the charger is going to be different for the new iPhone 15 because of Europe. They got a new system in Europe, and I don't want to have to redo all my ways of charging devices because this iPhone 15 is going to require that. If you're a techie and you know more about this than I, fill me in. But I think I think I'm right on that. It's going to be a little bit different, but I'm sure they're going to hit you with how wonderful the iPhone 15 can take pictures and videos and do all the fun stuff that phones do these days but right now i'm still rocking my iphone 8 and it works wonderfully except i do have phone and i'm sure you're know quite well about 
how the phones have a, a tendency to do this. Sometimes I'm sitting there goofing off on my phone and I'll notice, whoa, I've got a missed call. Whoa, where did this voicemail come from? The phone's been sitting here beside me for hours and I didn't hear it ring. It didn't ring. How in the world could I have a missed call? How could I have a voicemail? You know, those kind of things didn't happen in the good old days where that phone was over on the, on the wall and it would ring and you'd have to jump up and, and grab it. You didn't have a missed call. I miss those days. Hmm. Okay. Enough of a reflection about the past. Hey, speaking of the past, you can listen to past y'all shows. It's quite easy. Just find us in podcast form as we have our shows packaged and delivered for you each and every day. It's the Y'all Show podcast available on Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, as well as Apple Podcasts and Apple iTunes and at y'all.com. Just go on any of those options and search Y'all Show and you'll see us free of charge. You can listen to us on your own schedule. And we appreciate all of you who catch us each and every day in podcast form. Also appreciate all of you who tune us in each and every day on great stations across the Southeast. We love having you make us a part of your day. Thank you for that. Let's bring you up on some news headlines here as we continue on with our Wednesday Y'all Show. On Tuesday in Memphis, five former Memphis police officers charged with federal civil rights violations in the beating death of Tyree Nichols. That's the man back in January during a traffic stop got violently beat by these five officers. As according to the video and the charges, these five officers kicked and then slugged the 29-year-old Tyree Nichols with a baton as he yelled for his mother. Nichols would die in a Memphis hospital three days after the incident. The five former Memphis police officers have pleaded not guilty to state charges of second-degree murder. And on Tuesday in Memphis, the five officers, Bean, Mills, Haley, Martin, and Smith, were charged Tuesday with federal civil rights violations in the beating death of Tyree Nichols. So now this gets moved into U.S. District Court in the western third of Tennessee as it will be played out there in the courts federally and in state law. The four-count indictment on Tuesday charges the five officers or former officers with deprivation of rights under the color of law through excessive force and failure to intervene and also charging them through deliberate indifference, conspiracy to witness tampering, and obstruction of justice through witness tampering. More to come on this developing story from Memphis. Also, there is a new COVID-19 booster shot. You can get an updated COVID-19 vaccine as the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention endorsed the new shots on Tuesday for anybody six months and older. The director of the CDC signing off on the panel's recommendation to have this be available in some cases as early as today. As we're getting close to maybe a peak time of year, the fall, for a COVID outage or outbreak. Update from the tropics. Hurricane Lee is going to miss the Atlantic seaboard of the south. It will potentially affect New England by this weekend as a storm of some type. Likely not a even a tropical storm, just a heavy storm. Right now, currently in the Atlantic Ocean, Hurricane Lee 
is a Category 3 hurricane with 115-mile-per-hour winds moving due north, west of the Bermuda Islands. Uh, is it Bermuda one island or two or three? I'm not sure. But it's it's west of Bermuda. That's all you need to know. I wouldn't plan on putting on your Bermuda shorts and heading to Bermuda over the next 48 hours because of this Hurricane Lee. But it is now projected to go due north, and it's going to affect Maritime Canada and like Nova Scotia area. But the latest projections from the National Hurricane Center shows this heading also into portions of Maine. So if you are in Maine or no one know anybody there you might want to be kind of paying a little bit closer attention as this storm now headed in the, in the direction of Maine. Also you have Hurricane Margot that has formed in the last few days and it is expected to kind of remain out in the Atlantic for the time being. Margot with 85 miles per hour winds today as a category one hurricane and according to the forecasters it is no threat to land. We will see if that stays the case. And our other news headlines across the southeast, I want to let you know from East Tennessee, if you happen to be in a McDonald's around a few locations of East Tennessee, and even in Middle Tennessee, there's a couple of Middle Tennessee locations too, you have the chance to have a Milton Mill. Milton is the guy who is the quarterback of the Tennessee Vols football team, Joe Milton. And Mr. Milton has signed an NIL, the name image likeness deal, with Thunderbird Family McDonald's. That's a chain of McDonald's in the state of Tennessee. And there's going to be this Milton meal available at Tennessee locations of McDonald's. And Joe Milton has posted the deal on Instagram. And what exactly is a Milton meal when you go in there? Well, Joe Milton wrote, just like the the arches, this meal is golden. Just not big orange which is a good thing, actually, if you want to eat at McDonald's. You want anything orange except maybe the orange soft drink they have there. What's in a Milton meal? It includes a Big Mac, medium fry, large sweet tea, and sweet and sour sauce. And it all checks in at the convenient price of $7, which 7 just happens to be the jersey number of Tennessee quarterback Joe Milton. (laughs) Now, the $7 is before taxes and fees. So, I like that deal. I I could probably pass on the sweet and sour sauce, but yeah, oftentimes, before it was a Milton meal, it was the Big John meal, where I love a McDonald's Big Mac, absolutely, and most people, including myself, it would be hard to beat a McDonald's French fry. So, yeah, the fry is great. The large sweet tea, eh, eh, eh. Sometimes, sometimes I can handle the McDonald's sweet tea. I usually have to at least make it half and half. Or sometimes, if the machine's right, and I've told you all about my love of soft drinks, a Coca-Cola from McDonald's, if it's got the right formula going, it's hard to beat. But then Joe Milton likes that sweet and sour sauce put in there too. $7. I love that price. Seven buckaroos for the Milton Meal at McDonald's. You can find the Milton Meal at the following McDonald locations in Tennessee. All good. Which is that location. I love it. If you go to the McDonald's in All Good, Tennessee, or Al Good, I don't know how, I, I don't even know where that's located. Uh, that is. If you want to send a 
bit of correspondence to this location in Tennessee. Pretty easy to remember. They're located at McDonald's at 300 Big Mac Drive <laughs> in all good Tennessee. How about that? I bet you they were probably the first business on that street. I would I would have to guess, or else maybe they put the location there because it is right there. It, it's in Putnam County. Okay, well, then that's not in East Tennessee. That's near Cookville, which they have a couple of locations of this franchise in Cookville, Jefferson Street, Willow Avenue, right there in the home of the Tennessee Tech Golden Eagles. You can get a Milton Mill. Baxter, Tennessee, the McDonald's there, as well as the two locations in Crossville. So the article here talks about how this is in East Tennessee. Now, all, all these locations, it appear, are actually technically in the 931, y'all. That would be Middle Tennessee, outside of Nashville, on Interstate 40, between Nashville and Knoxville. This would be Morgan Wallen country. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the Milton Mill now available if you are passing through. This is also... I think I'm right. No, no, but they got a second one now. This is also this section of Tennessee. If you miss out on the Milton Mill and the McDonald's there in the Cookville, Crossville area, you got you a Bucky's in Crossville. And I was going to say the only Bucky's in Tennessee, but now there's one in the Pigeon Forge, Gatlinburg area that has opened up, off, I guess, just off of Interstate 40 in that area of Tennessee. Truly, East Tennessee is where that would be. Another headline to tell you about from the ridiculous category, a man in Florida has plowed a stolen excavator into a Walmart there, and now 47-year-old Jesse Charles Smith is in a whole lot of trouble. He's generating problems there in Gainesville. He took out power poles during his joyride at this Walmart in Gainesville. You know, hopefully for his mother and father's sake, you can blame it on alcohol or drugs, why he did such a stupid thing. But he stole an excavator and then drove it through a storage unit on 40th Boulevard in Gainesville. And then he went on a joyride around southwest Gainesville, according to Gainesville police. He took out power poles along streets. And then in the end, he smashed this excavator through the wall of a Walmart in Gainesville. What an absolute idiot. No injuries reported, thank goodness. And according to reports, it's unclear where the excavator was stolen from. Jesse Smith is now facing numerous charges, including grand theft, resisting an officer without violence, and trespassing and damaged property. All coming to him while he's sitting in the Alachua County, Florida jail. And he needs to be charged with being a complete idiot, too, while they're making all the charges up right now in the Alachua County Jail. Uh, yeah, what an idiot. Come on. Come on, man. What's up with that? And that's a look at some of our headlines here. we got more headlines coming up in our final hour, including some dinosaur tracks found in Arkansas. Dinosaur tracks, yeah. In, Ar- in, in, in the state of, I think that's Arkansas, at the Dinosaur Valley State Park. Yeah, we. No, it's in Texas. Okay, one state over. I was in the right area, sorta, kinda. Okay, I'm making excuses. Got information on dinosaurs, and then 
kind of a throwback to dinosaurs that are still with us here in the southeast alligators alligators spotted in tennessee but in an area you don't really expect to find an alligator look out volunteer state the gators are coming which by the way i think this might be the weekend the gators and vols get together on the football field i I think i'm right on that if not it's next week (laughs) so we got that to tell you about and then speaking of the volunteer state more news it's a heavy tennessee news day today in memphis a man stole 12 diamond rings and then like another like the guy in florida an idiot there what did he do he didn't do anything we'll explain in our headlines as we continue on across the southeast today when we come back we got a southern bell a certified southern lady coming on paula dean is going to be here in video form at least as we've got her website pulled up and on her website pauladean.com she's in the kitchen cooking up her favorite thing at least i think it's her favorite thing southern biscuits and she's going to tell you some of the tricks of cooking up a delicious southern biscuit it's part of our southern recipe of the day we've got that coming up and before this hour of talking about south and thus what's going on in the south we've got our southern business spotlight more on the iphone 15 announcement plus public stores a great honor for public stores in the southeast we'll tell you all about that coming up on y'all Start with what you got and you throw it in a pot. You can sweeten it up with your smile. Every dish goes down just right. Honey, your star is shining bright. There ain't no limit to your spirit and your style. Paula Dean, Paula Dean. America's cooking queen, a dash of soul, a cup of fun, right on your TV screen. Paula Dean, Paula Dean, America's cooking queen. Everything goes down butter with Paula Dean. An ever twisting plot, and the kitchen sure gets high. But your cooking is what you are known for. Don't you worry, not one bit. You're a dish, you're a hit. You still got a lot of life in your spice drawer. Paula Dean, Paula Dean, America's cooking queen. A dash of soul, a cup of fun. Right on your TV screen, Paula Dean, Paula Dean, America's cooking queen. Everything goes down butter with Paula Dean. Oh yeah, Cooper Bone with a little Paula Dean song. We're back on the Y'all Show talking about the 76-year-old Albany, Georgia native Paula Dean, who for years now has been making a lot of people happy with her delicious southern cooking and her style and her good southern accident <laughs> accent yeah uh, i had a little bit of an accident talking about paula dean because i get excited talking about food anyway but boy what a success story she has been yeah she had a little hiccup a few years back 
and it cost her in a big way because people are haters out there. They wanted to bring her down, and they just about did it if you go back some 10 years ago. But Paula Dean and her restaurant in Savannah, The Lady and Sons, as far as I know, is still a trucking, and she's still out here on social media and putting out stuff on her website of PaulaDean.com. We're back on the Y'all Show. It is time now for a little Southern food conversation and what we call the Southern recipe of the day. And we have to, for the first time, and I don't know what took us so long, we're giving Paula a big, big Southern spotlight. She deserves it. She really does because I have had a chance to meet her once. I got a chance to do a really in-depth interview with her one time. And golly, I looked outside the window and she was in town for a book signing. There were at least 500 people waiting in line for her to sign their book when I had a chance to sit down with her for over 30 minutes. And it was the coldest night in that area the whole winter. It must have been 10 degrees outside when she was in the comfort of the room that we were in doing the interview. And all those people were in the cold waiting on her. But her star was bright, about as bright as anybody's 15 years ago. And she's still trying. She's still cutting deals. I know she's put in her Paula Dean Southern Kitchen in a few places around the southeast. Several casinos have put those things in. And some of them have gone by the wayside. But she still has a grip on sort of the grandmotherly feel and look of of Southern food. And that's how she got to be famous. I mean, I, I remember interviewing her more than 20 years ago I think I interviewed her on the phone and then I had a chance to do a sit down interview with her and she told me that the only reason she got to be famous was because of 9-11 you know we just celebrated the 22nd or honored or marked the 22nd anniversary of September 11th and the only reason she got to be famous is because after that happened a guy that she knew but not knew well I think it was Gordon Ramsay was a chef and Gordon had met her at some point maybe had come into her Savannah did I say Gordon Ramsay Gordon Elliot I'm getting confused Gordon Elliot who has been executive producer for ABC for shows like The Chew and the Gordon Elliot show which ran on TV Gordon Ramsay's the guy that does that other cooking thing. I think I'm right on that. Gordon Elliott, who I was trying to think of, it's been 20 years, y'all. Forgive me. He knew her somehow. And so when September 11th happened and the country was at kind of a standstill, Elliott knew that someone like Paula Dean from Savannah, Georgia, could help heal the nation. That by putting her on TV on the Food Network, that it would bring that kind of connection to red, white, and blue America. It would be comforting to have someone like Paula Dean on television. And that decision was brilliant because it didn't take long at all for Paula Dean and her yallness and all the things that she does to become a household name 20 years ago in the years after September 11th. 
and she had everything going for her, including her website, her her rest. People would and probably still go to Savannah specifically to go to Lady and Sons, her restaurant there. Even her brother, Bubba, got to be famous. And I had a chance to meet the captain, her husband, Michael, I think is his name. Um, just, just a big, big success story. And then she had controversy, and it helped make her star not quite as bright. But we're still pulling for Paula Dean. And here on today's Y'all Show at our Southern Food Spotlight, I want to tell you a little bit about the thing that kind of is the ground, terrible analogy, the uh, home base, if you will, of Paula Dean's Southern cooking. It's biscuits. And at PaulaDean.com, Paula's got up the recipe for her Southern biscuits. As she writes, Y'all, people always talk about my love of butter, my crispy fried chicken, and my gooey mac and cheese. But did you know that my most popular recipe is actually my classic biscuit recipe? Year after year, it's my most searched recipe. Next time you need a biscuit to pair with your supper, I hope you'll choose one of these. Have you tried any of my biscuit recipes? I'd love to hear which is your favorite, friends. All that from Paula Dean. And at her website, PaulaDean.com, you can see the recipe. It's got a 15-minute prep time. It serves about three dozen biscuits, and it only takes about 12 minutes to cook. The ingredients, all-purpose flour, sugar, bacon powder, salt, cubed butter, and milk. I'm going to actually go straight to the source here. As Paula on her website, she's got a great website to her credit. And it's got the recipes, it's got great pictures, but it also has a lot of video links. So we're going to go now to PaulaDean.com and let you hear straight from the horse's mouth. She's got this, just put this up a few days back ago, the classic buttermilk biscuit recipe from Paula Dean. And you can find it on her YouTube channel, or you can find it linked on her website, PaulaDean.com. And this is about a 12-minute long video, so I'm going to only play a few minutes of it. But Paula's there in her Paula Dean kitchen doing her thing, looking dapper. And let's go in and hear the Albany, Georgia native already in progress. Let's join it in progress. Paula Dean making up her great Southern biscuits. Look at that biscuit, y'all. Oh, Grandma, how are you watching? Are you watching, my little angel? Now, I like for my biscuits to touch because I like it to have a soft side. Oops, put that right down my... Now, depending on how tall you want your biscuits is going to depend on how many times you pat it down. So I'm hoping that I'm going to produce some mile-high biscuits. 
and try to take some of that melted butter and add it on top. Now, at the restaurant, we do put cheese in our cheese biscuits. And when they come out of the oven, we brush them with melted butter that has garlic in it. But I usually don't do that at home because just funny me, if I'm going to have gravy, I like just a plain old-timey southern biscuit, you know, like my grandma Harris used to make. Look at those, would you? My daddy told me one day he was he was sick and he was had his valve replacement surgery and I was back there in the bedroom sitting visiting with him and he said, Blue, uh, you know that my mother, your grandmother, is a true, real, live angel. And she was. I can't think of, if I was judging her, I wouldn't have been able to find a sin. So she is watching me, her granddaughter, make her buttermilk biscuits. You can have it, sister. How long we been? I put it in three about, about 20 minutes. Well, uh, because we're uh, in a commercial oven, it runs about 50 degrees hotter than this kind of oven. So the directions say 425, you know, for a home oven. But since that one runs, I'd do it about on 350, which would put it at 400. All right, that's Paula Dean in the kitchen getting some help there. But what a story there from the Savannah, Georgia resident talking about her grandma and her daddy. And her nickname, I guess, from her daddy was Blue. <laughs> uh what i need to start talking like paula dean you know not just her yallness which i'm pretty good at the y'all word which she quite often uses i need to actually send her a letter and says she's got to send me a commission check each time she uses that word but the way she pauses and the way she talks is pause and paula dean what a what an accent what a, what a true southern and to her credit if you watch these videos on pauladeen.com she's she's in there doing it she doesn't have the helpers who have it magically ready when it's showtime she's in there getting her hands dirty and doing it upright and again if you go to her website pauladeen.com you'll find this southern biscuit recipe along with a lot of other stuff and it just gives me a reason to maybe reach out to her and see if we can't bring her on to y'all show. We've got a big growing list of interview prospects. And since it's been a few years since we had a chance to talk to her, it'd be nice to bring her back on the y'all show all about the South. And Paula Dean, I think, is pretty dang Southern, wouldn't you agree? <laughs> and after watching that and listening to that, my goodness, I am ready to get me some good southern biscuits in my belly hmm. I think that's going to be my next meal nothing but biscuits y'all as Paula would say we will be right back okay and we will be we've got our southern business spotlight of the week and it's coming up next watching cigarettes burn out 
All the neon gets turned out I was so unpopular you it hurts I am That's the cigarette can burn out Just watching rivers run Down the side of my bottom Almost like it's crying my tears Have the world on a string And then I lost everything That's how I wound up here Watching cigarettes burn out Till all the neon gets turned out There's nothing left but hunting glasses now It's all flashes now The smoking memory that ain't nothing but ashes in the low lights He's done me wrong, don't send me so We're going to wrap up hour two of this Wednesday y'all show with a little Southern business talk here on the show all about Dixie, John Rawl, your gracious host. And we start off with something that probably, I'm going to put it at 65% of you have, and that's an iPhone. I don't know, you know, that would be a good thing to Google real quick, the percentage of iPhones versus Androids, but or whatever else phones are out there. I guess Google has a phone. I don't know. I've had an iPhone for more than a decade, and it seems to work, so I'm going to stick with iPhones. But just like you expect around this time of year, Apple comes out with its big announcement, and Tuesday, Apple announced at its 2023 big event at its headquarters in Cupertino, California, that they're going to have the iPhone 15 available, as well as a new Apple Watch and updated AirPods. And I just spent nearly $300 on a pair of AirPods and they weren't even for me. (laughs) You could have told me that earlier, Apple. Yes, at a launch event Tuesday at Apple Park in California, the company announced the iPhone 15 and iPhone 15 Plus are going to be complete with a USB-C charging apparatus. The price starts at $799. You also have a option of getting an iPhone 15 Pro and a Pro Max. Those start at $999. Also announced Tuesday, a brand new Apple Watch that's made with a 95% titanium battery, I guess, that's got 72 hours of battery life. And then you're going to have AirPods with USB-C. After the event, Apple stock was down about 2% for the day. But you got, if you're an Apple person, big news coming as these products will be coming out soon. Apple with a new iPhone 15. Just in time for Christmas, I assume. Usually if they announce it, that means they've already got it in production. And... uh, it might be out in October. I, I, I'm waiting for the release date. It's not available as of this broadcast, but we'll get it to you. Now, let's move on to news about Ford. Ford is going to double the F-150 hybrid production of its pickup as EV sales growth slows. So the hybrid version, as opposed to the 
completely electric version is the way to go, it looks like, Ford, as they're going to double that production as slower-than-expected sales of the all-electric vehicle, the all-electric F-150 is not doing too good. Ford expects to increase sales of the V6 hybrid model for the 2024 model year, roughly 20% in the U.S. The F-150 hybrid production announced in connection to Ford revealing refreshed versions of the truck for the 2024 model year. And they're hoping to get this V6 hybrid model out in a big way for 2024 model year. The automaker is not releasing specific production figures, but according to reports, it likely equates to tens of thousands of more of the hybrid vehicles being produced. And does that mean the all-electric ones are getting put to the back of the shelf? I mean, Ford's made a major commitment to electric vehicle production with their Blue Oval Cities and Kentucky and Tennessee this does not bode well I would think for that as you've got a big competitive field with General Motors and then you've got companies like Stellantis also out working to make cars and electric cars now Jim Farley is the CEO of Ford and back in July He said that the Detroit automaker would quadruple the company's production of gas-electric hybrids as it continues to increase EV production, but at a slower pace than previously announced. Farley said that they're balancing growth, profitability, and returns, but they believe demand for internal combustion and the hybrid portfolio will be durable with the window of growth. So, You might want to hold off on that all-electric vehicles. By the way, Ford declined to release the specific pricing for the 2024 F-150. But some reports say you might want to plan on spending about $83,000 for the F-150 limited model. You might get a better deal at your local Ford dealership. But... uh, Be prepared if you're looking for that all-electric car. It might be harder to find for a while. The country is not just there yet. And I don't know if the electric vehicle production is quite there yet. And the rush to do it, although they get incentivized by the government in a big way, uh, just, just may not justify the means. So we got a texture here. That is just texted us while we're talking about electric vehicles. I guess this is why they sent this with about 500 LOLs coming out about this. So <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you told us so. Yeah, maybe you told us so. I do I do know, though, with, with gas prices, where they are and no end in sight, didn't I hear that $100 a barrel plus coming soon for gasoline? It would be nice to have a cheap way of getting around. We're just not there with electric vehicles. And let's talk about Publix for a few moments. Publix out of Florida named one of the best retail workplaces for a 10th year in a row. That according to Fortune's best workplaces in retail list. Publix ranking as the sixth best place to work in retail according to Fortune. And according to the magazine, employees cited customer service, a family-like atmosphere, 
and that Publix takes care of its workers. The director of communications for Publix is Maria Bruce, and in a statement, Bruce said, Publix is proud to be recognized as one of the best workplaces in the retail industry for the 10th year in a row. We strive to uphold the philosophies our company was founded on 93 years ago, which begins with taking care of our associates. In terms of the other big companies, some of these are not in the South, but as far as other major companies that showed up in the best retail workplaces, according to Fortune company called let's see here Wegmans was ranked as the best retail place to work in the country along with Target a company called Sheets Altered State and how about CarMax those were all in the top five CarMax was one of the top five best retail workplaces in the country kudos for that big time um, big time achievement now let me give you another public related story just in time for the start of the NFL season so we told you on our Monday show how Tostitos has come out with a recipe for all 32 NFL teams and it combines some of the more famous dishes of that team's location along with a Tostitos chip for example they have Nashville hot chicken Tostitos chips. A recipe for that you can get it. The Tostitos website. They've got Lexington barbecue for the Carolina Panthers. They've got some kind of chicken, fried chicken thing for Atlanta. They're all delicious and I think a really good brisket type thing is for the Dallas Cowboys. Check it out at Tostitos.com. But since we're talking about Publix, Publix has just announced just in time for the new football year that it's kicking off the new season by releasing four new NFL-themed pub subs. That's right. If you look are lucky enough to live in any of these areas of these NFL teams, you might be able to get a pub sub from Publix. They're going to have a new NFL-themed sub representing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Miami Dolphins, and then outside of Florida, the Atlanta Falcons will have a pub sub. As the director of the business development for Publix, Alan Brown, said, we worked hard to make the initial recipes unique to each team. And they wanted to create something special that each team would be proud to call their own. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers sub is going to have a spin to the classic chicken tender sub, according to Publix. So, lots of chicken on there, it looks like as this Buccaneers sub brings together chicken tenders with bacon and cheddar cheese and then topped with a spicy gold sauce. That looks delish there at at Publix. If you've got a Publix, sadly, a lot of the South does not have Publix locations close by. And it looks like a lot of the South aren't going to have these different pub subs available. The Jacksonville Jaguars have a barbecue-centric sub that will be available to their fans in the Jacksonville area. And if the website here will cooperate, I'll tell you what Atlanta and Miami have coming their way if you have a Publix pub sub opportunity to devour before you get to it. Uh, it's 
you know, Publix evidently knows that I love talking about food on this show, and so I may not be able to squeeze this in. The Miami Pub Sub is a Cuban sandwich. The Atlanta Falcons is going to be chicken tenders with a sweet maple seasoning topped with bacon. That's the Atlanta Falcons Sub. Yummy! <laughs> Thank you, Publix. That wraps up our Southern Business Report. That wraps up this hour of Talking About the South on This The Y'all Show. Final hour of this Wednesday, y'all. Hello, welcome in as we discuss what's going on across the South on this day that we call Hump Day. <laughs> Hope you're doing well. It's September 13th across the land, and we want to hear from you here, y'all. If you have something you would like to email us, we have an email address available to you 24-7, M-A-I-L, mail at Y-A-L-L.com. Oh, yeah, we got... Lots of headlines that we still need to squeeze in here before we get out of here on this Wednesday edition. Plus, we've got our Southern History Spotlight. Today in history, it was kind of a big deal in 1814 at the Battle of Fort McHenry. That's when a guy named Francis Scott Key saw this battle going down between American and British forces there in Baltimore Harbor. And he wrote a little song about it. We'll talk about the Battle of Fort McHenry as part of our Southern History Spotlight today. Plus... The sinking of the Confederate ship Judah happened on this day in history. Why is that important? We'll discuss. We also have a couple of Southerners with birthdays today. General Black Jack John Pershing, a birthday today, as well as a lady that made a lot of us laugh for many years. Nell Carter was born on this date in history, and today is also the birth date of New Orleans-born, but big-time Atlanta businessman Tyler Perry, a birthday today. Speaking of Tyler Perry, as we wrap up today's Y'all Show, we're going to introduce our Southern Humor Spotlight, and we're going to go to a clip of Tyler Perry playing the role of Medea, and he is funny, but he also has a little bit of an inspirational message for all of us as he talks about letting go, and we'll have that before we get out of here today. Tyler Perry, so on this Y'all Show today, we will have Mr. Perry, we've already had Miss Paula Dean. And we've told you about all the news and other fun stuff going on across the Southeast. That's a pretty full show. Wouldn't you agree? I think so. If you don't agree, you can feel free to email us and let us know. M-A-I-L, mail at y'all.com. We also have our 24-hour-a-day text line available at 615-208-4184. Let's pick up with some of the news headlines for this Wednesday Y'all Show. And first of all, if you haven't been watching the news, this is outside of the South, but they have caught that fella up in Pennsylvania that was eluding police for two weeks. A Brazilian who had been in the country and killed his girlfriend and killed a guy down in Brazil before he ever got here. 
how did he get here? If he killed somebody in Brazil, how in the world did he legally get into this country? Or maybe he illegally got in. I don't know what he did. But anyway, he's caught. If you're planning a Pennsylvania vacation, you can book that reservation now if you'd like. <laughs> Elsewhere in our news headlines of the Southeast today, former NFL wide receiver Mike Williams. We told you about him being in critical condition the other day. Unfortunately, this former NFL receiver for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and his hometown Buffalo Bills, he died Tuesday at the age of 36. He played his collegiate ball. I think he played for Syracuse. That's right. He played there and had a number of touchdowns and a lot of yardage before going into the NFL where he played in the NFL between the years 2010 to 2014 for the Bucks and the Bills. After his NFL career came to an end, Mike Williams got into construction and he had an accident the other day that put him in the hospital and he died Tuesday at St. Joseph's Hospital in Tampa after he'd been put on a ventilator dying at age 36 after a construction accident. Former NFL receiver Mike Williams. How about this story coming to us out of the state of Virginia? A woman who is a candidate for House, I guess in Virginia they call it a representative. A representative is what they're running for in the Virginia delegates. She's a candidate right now. She's in a contentious race with a Republican. But this candidate is now having headlines about her because she, it looks like she and her husband live-streamed themselves having sex and now that thing was out there for people to see and somebody captured it and they're now using it against Susanna Gibson who is a nurse practitioner with two children and she's running for the General Assembly of Virginia in this suburban district outside of Richmond is where she lives and she had been in a very tough race against a Republican now after this relevation relevation that she's got this adult video with her husband out there she's now getting support as an abortion rights candidate and she's getting others to come to her defense the AP reported, along with the Washington Post, that Gibson had live-streamed videos, these pornographic videos of herself and her husband, on something called Chatterbait, C-H-A-T-U-R-B-A-T-E, which is a legal website where viewers can watch live webcam performances featuring nudity and sexual activity. And uh, the competition evidently found out about it. And people are coming to her aid. Again, this was legal and was with her husband. Not really sure you want to do that, though, when you're running for office. Emily's List, which is a advocacy group for Democratic female candidates, has come out to defend Gibson. So making a spicy race of it in the suburbs of Richmond with, with this woman and her husband getting on uh, social media and other sites doing this crazy crazy thing but I guess to each their own eh elsewhere in our headlines across the southeast today a story from the state of Kentucky where Kim Davis was the Rowan County Kentucky clerk back in 2015 when she refused to sign off on gay marriages in her county 
and a major national story ensued where she would ultimately lose her job. Now two couples have sued her and a federal trial began this week in Ashland, Kentucky and a federal trial going on to decide whether Kim Davis is going to pay up to these same-sex couples that are suing her. It was in the summer of 2015, just after the Supreme Court decision to outlaw the ban on gay marriages, or either, I forgot, maybe it was just to allow gay marriages to go forward in the country. And now two couples, David Arnold and David Moore, as well as James Yates and Will Smith, who were all denied a marriage license from this woman back in 2015. They've all sued her and they're wanting some money out of Kim Davis. Back in September of 2015, a judge ordered Kim Davis to jail for contempt of court and a lot of people came out to rally in her defense. So Kim Davis back in the news in Kentucky In the state of Florida, a man has plowed a stolen excavator into a Walmart in Gainesville. He was on a joyride. While on that joyride, he took out power poles, caused a lot of mayhem. It's like the Allstate commercial or whatever commercial that is with the guy that tears up stuff. (laughs) That shows you the power of branding. I can't even remember which insurance company is, but uh, you know who I'm talking about. That guy's a pretty good actor. Been doing that for several years now. I guess it must be working. 47-year-old Jesse Charles Smith drove his stolen excavator through a storage unit in Gainesville before continuing on with his joy ride, taking out power poles. That would have to be really dangerous. And then ultimately he crashed through a wall of a Walmart on Southwest 42nd Street in Gainesville. A lot of damage there by this complete idiot. And he's going to be spending some time in jail to think about his Stupid joyride. Now to Texas, and dozens of new dinosaur tracks have been uncovered at Dinosaur Valley State Park. That's in Glen Rose, Texas. So, there really were dinosaurs in Texas. Yeah, how about that? The superintendent of Dinosaur Valley State Park is Jeff Davis, not the Confederate president, but the other Jeff Davis. (laughs) And he says... That the drought is really a scary thing, of course, for everybody, and it's not a pleasant thing, but there are silver linings. And so for us, that is, the river drops down to bone dry and gives us the opportunity to expose tracks that have never been exposed before. So he's talking about there at Dinosaur Valley State Park, the, the river that flows through there, the Paluxy River, it is dropped. And so... Volunteers and researchers are able to go into areas of this river that they can't normally go into and access areas of the river. And in this case, they found dinosaur tracks. Davis said one of the track sites recently uncovered has 70 to 80 new tracks that have never before been seen by humans. And they're out there working in 110 degree temperatures, but According to this guy, and I'm not a dinosaur expert by any mean, but uh, the dinosaur tracks are going in every which direction, according to those who are on this dinosaur track search. And it looks like they're coming from sauropods, theropods, and duck-billed dinosaurs 
they have left footprints in the ancient riverbed which has since turned to stone according to one researcher there in Texas it was a vast tidal flat during the early Cretaceous times which were, y'all remember this 113 million years ago and when the tide would go out it would expose probably miles of mostly limey mud and dinosaurs would come through making their footprints and layers would build up and over time the mud gradually turned to limestone so if you're into dinosaurs you might want to go to this place in Texas Dinosaur Valley State Park Glen Rose, Texas there is a bunch of dinosaur tracks being seen by the human eye for the very first time in history amazing stuff there now to a dinosaur of today well it looks like a dinosaur alligators and on Saturday the Tennessee volunteer football team is going to be suiting up against the Florida Gators but a taste of Florida is already in East Tennessee because East Tennessee according to Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency officers Hunter Poor and Colt Elrod they have found an alligator in Ray County Tennessee that's in East Tennessee and they've trapped this alligator and taken it to the Chattanooga Zoo now alligators are often spotted in West Tennessee but in East Tennessee yeah they are not a normal thing to see and this could have potentially come from somebody who dumped a pet into Ray County in Tennessee but it could have come up from the Tennessee River and swam in this case upstream from maybe West Tennessee into North Alabama then past Chattanooga on into East Tennessee yes uh, alligators according to TWRA they're expanding into the volunteer state and it is highly unlikely, though, that they would expand their range into East Tennessee, according to TWRA. So the water temperatures in the eastern portion of Tennessee get too cold in the winter for alligators to thrive, so they likely would not survive. But a nice, what looks like about a about a five-foot-long gator. Cute thing, but I'm glad TWRA has it, and they took it to the Chattanooga Zoo. So that's good news. Now, if you're a Tennessee football fan, you're just hoping you can capture the Florida Gators, kind of like these guys did with this cute gator in East Tennessee here in Ray County, Tennessee, in the last few days. Ray County, by the way, spelled R-H-E-A, if you're out looking looking for it on a map sometime. And Ray County in East Tennessee is a county that I love to tell you all where things are. It is in East Tennessee. Dayton would be the county seat. And Dayton, Tennessee, and Ray County, named for John Ray. John Ray, not John Rawl, but John Ray, was an American soldier and politician in the early 19th century who also represented Tennessee in the United States House of Representatives. John Angus Ray, who lived from 18, or rather 1753 to 1832, and Dayton, Tennessee, is kind of um, north of Chattanooga. Is where it's located. If you're looking at it. notable people from 
Dayton and Ray County, Tennessee. Dave Roller, a former NFL defensive lineman. And uh, a guy named Red Holt was a Major League Baseball first baseman for the Philadelphia Athletics. So it's been a number of years since, I guess, he was suiting up for the A's when they were hanging out in Philadelphia at that time. Yeah, that at that time, Philadelphia had an American League team in the Athletics and then a National League team in what is still the Philadelphia Phillies. But yet, Ray County, Tennessee, you better look out because there are Gators in that area. That is probably 45 minutes upstream from the Tennessee River, on, uh, on the Tennessee River upstream from Chattanooga. So if you were drawing a map, it's, up, it's about halfway between Chattanooga and Knoxville on the Tennessee River is where Dayton and Ray County is. So be advised if you're going to go for a mid-September swim in the Tennessee River in that section of Tennessee, you better be on the lookout for something called an alligator. <laughs> now to another Tennessee story from the other side of the state. A man in Memphis has stolen according to Memphis Police Department, stolen 12 diamond rings from the Mufasa Memphis jeweler on Getwell Road. A man stole 12 diamond rings. Now, the story behind the story is that the idiot steals the diamond rings after he came into the store to ask about jewelry, and then he pretended to exit the business by opening the door, which sounded the door alarm, but he hid in the business instead. <laughs> so, yeah, you, you steal and then you stay. Steal and stay. Video surveillance showed the male as he walked slowly by a display case, reaching over the display, opening the door, and removing a tray that contained 12 diamond rings. He put the tray with the rings into his pants and then walks out of the business But uh, according to the headlines, he, he hides in the jewelry store. Oh, they're getting creative in Memphis these days, for sure. And this guy, I don't know what his name is, but he's not a smart guy. Be careful when you're stealing 12 diamond rings in a Memphis jewelry store. <laughs> that wraps up our news headlines for this hour of Y'all Talk About All Things Southern. We'll take a break, and when we come back on Y'all, we have... More of the fun. We've got our Southern History Spotlight with information on the War of 1812, some Civil War news to tell you about, and some big birthdays for some pretty famous Southerners and a few Southerners that have, they've made us laugh through the decades. So we got all that right ahead and before the hour is up. Humor coming in from Tyler Perry. Medea is back at it. We'll tell you all about it as we continue on with this final hour of the Wednesday Y'all Show. Thank you. 
was on a moonlight night The stars were shining bright And they whispered from on high Your love has said goodbye Blue moon of Kentucky Keep on shining Father of Bluegrass, Bill Monroe, with a birthday today. Bill Monroe, born in Rosine, Kentucky, in 1911. We lost the father of Bluegrass in 1996 when he was 84 years young. And his song there, a staple of Bluegrass music, Blue Moon of Kentucky. Happy birthday, Brother Bill, Bill Monroe. Some other news and, and rather birthday and news events that happened on this date in history. The Battle of Baltimore went down in the year 1814, and that included the battle at Fort McHenry in the War of 1812, and during that bombardment by the Royal Navy, Francis Scott Key went on to write the poem Defense of Fort McHenry, which became known for the lyrics The Star-Spangled Banner. So. The national anthem of the country was part of the nation's story born on this day, you could say, during the assault on Fort McHenry in Baltimore Harbor. In fact, former, or, or at that time in 1814, a future U.S. President, James Buchanan, served as a private in the defense of Baltimore. Buchanan often considered the worst president in American history. A lot of people would argue that we've seen the worst president here in the last couple of years. <laughs> but Buchanan was there as a private in the U.S. forces during this bombardment of Fort McHenry by the British Navy. And Fort McHenry there, the centerpiece of the Battle of Baltimore and the harbor of Baltimore, Maryland, where you had the British Navy and troops there. They had 19 warships on this assault and 5,000 Infantry soldiers available, American forces under the command of Samuel Smith, John Stricker, and George George Armistead had three thousand troops, and in the end, it ended up being I think an American victory, and it killed the commander of the invading British forces. This battle, how about that? And that would be I believe Robert Rosa. He met his fate there on September 12th of 1814. You don't come into Baltimore, General... I'm sorry, his name was Ross. Robert Ross, British Army officer, 
died in the assault on Fort McHenry in Baltimore Harbor and the War of 1812. Also, if you skip forward a couple of decades, it was this week in history that the Battle of Mexico City went on in the Mexican-American War. And it was at this time in history, American forces this week entered Mexico City under the command of General Winfield Scott. A lot of people don't know anything about the Mexican-American War, but it truly did change this country in a big way, giving us places like California, Arizona, New Mexico. And uh, I guess it made Mexicans forever not really big fans of of America because we're the invaders. We're the gringos, as I think they would... that, that. I believe that derogatory term came from this Mexican-American War. But the assault on Mexico City happened in this day of history in 1847. Now, if you move forward to another war, the American Civil War, and it was in this week in history that the USS Colorado, which was a steam frigate, sank a Confederate ship off of the coast of Pensacola on this day in history as the Confederate ship that was out there off of Pensacola was named Judah. Judah was a schooner and it is believed to be the first sinking of a ship in the American Civil War and it happened off of the Pensacola Navy Yard on this date in history the USS Colorado sinking this schooner Judah. What's a schooner? A schooner is a type of sailing vessel that's got big fore and aft rig on all two or more masks. It's a big ship and Judah went down off of Pensacola by this Yankee ship, the Colorado. Also on this date in history Xavier University of Louisiana started in New Orleans and Xavier University is the first university in the country that at least had university status from its founding and it's an HBCU college in the city of New Orleans and again it's born on this date in history in 1925 almost 100 years old and it has the distinction of being founded by St. Catherine Drexel. Catherine Drexel was born in Philadelphia just before the American Civil War. And she ended up being in 2000 canonized by Pope John Paul II. And Drexel was the second person born in what is now the United States to be made a saint. And she was the first who was actually born as a U.S. citizen. The other person, I think, was from Baltimore and were born outside of the country, but She, Catherine Drexel, this woman who was born an heiress, as her daddy was a had a considerable banking fortune before she went into being a nun, and she is America's first true saint, Catherine Drexel. She died in Pennsylvania in 1955 at the age of 96 but a woman who founded Xavier University located in New Orleans and Xavier today 
has trying to get the exact count here just over 3,400 students at its New Orleans location home of the Xavier Nuggets that's their athletic nickname and this historic HBCU that serves primarily black Catholics in New Orleans and it has its founding on this day in history some birthdays to tell you about today is the birthday of General John Joseph Pershing the aka Black Jack John Pershing a man known for his service to the country primarily in World War I as he was the leader of American forces and commander of the American Expeditionary Forces to be exact during World War I Black Jack Pershing would live until 1948 he was born on this day in history in Laclede, Missouri that is in sort of the north central section of the Show Me State and he rose to be general of the armies and was a big fixture in military life for a long time a West Point alum entering West Point in 1882 and graduated in 1886 ranked 30th in his class of 77 and then from West Point going on to a long military career Blackjack John Pershing a birthday today born right before the Civil War started there in the show me state of Missouri born in 1860 today speaking of military figures the birthday of Walter Reed Walter Reed was born in 1851 in Gloucester, Gloucester County got to make sure it's spelled with a C it's pronounced I think Gloucester County Virginia was where Walter Reed was born Gloucester County Virginia's county seat is Gloucester Courthouse right in the eastern section of Virginia not far from the Norfolk area is where you'll find Gloucester Courthouse in Virginia but Walter Reed, you may know him because the medical center there in Washington, D.C. is named the Walter Reed Medical Center for all the military personnel. But this man was a physician that led the team that confirmed the theory of Cuban doctor Carlos Finley that the yellow fever is transmitted by mosquitoes rather than by direct contact. And he helped save a lot of lives with his work and and all that work that they were doing at the Panama Canal back in the early 1900s. And they named that medical center in D.C. the Walter Reed Medical Center. That's his legacy. He's also had a stamp named after him and, and more. His birthplace is added on the National Historic Register of Places. And Walter Reed, born on this date in history, as he rose as a major in the military forces of the United States Army. He died in 1902 at age 51. Hopefully he didn't die of yellow fever. Walter Reed with a birthday day. We told you about Bill Monroe, the father of bluegrass, having a birthday on this September 13th. And now to some funny folks with birthdays today. The late Nell Carter, who was born Nell Ruth Hardy in Birmingham, Alabama, born on this date in 1948. Singer, actress, and TV stars, you might know Nell Carter for her role on the sitcom Give Me a Break as that aired back in the 1980s. Nell Carter received two Emmys and two Golden Globe nominations during her time. And Give Me a Break 
got her a Tony Award for Best Performance by a Featured Actress in a Musical. As it was a musical at one point, it looks like. The very talented Nell Carter, born in Birmingham, one of nine children born in a Roman Catholic family and raised as a Presbyterian. She identified as a Pentecostal and found her way working on Broadway and then with a chance to go work in TV. She was on a, a musical adaptation of Hair before she got her role on TV's The Misadventures of Sheriff Lobo. And then Give Me a Break would be a TV series on NBC that she was part of. And she was on that with other stars like Dolph Sweet and Howard Morton and more. But she was really the star. As Nell was playing the role of Nellie Ruth Harper, a.k.a. Nell, who was the housekeeper for a widowed police chief played by Dolph Sweet and his three daughters. Give me a break. All right, I'll give you a break. We lost Nell Carter, and she died in 2003 at age 54. The Birmingham native Nell Carter with a birthday on this date. Now to a living Southern funny man, funny person. Tyler Perry's birthday is today. As Tyler Perry was born in New Orleans on this date, born Emmett Perry Jr. Tyler Perry is 54 years old as he was born in 1969 and uh, had a rough go of it in his early years in New Orleans but ultimately he'd find himself in 1990 moving to Atlanta where he got to perform in community theaters there and ended up getting in films Diary of a Mad Black Woman was his first self-funded movie which grossed over $50 million domestically and then started having the Medea role. When we come back from this break, we're going to actually hear Tyler Perry in Medea character being a little funny but also being a little inspirational as we're introducing a new segment to the Y'all Show, our Southern Humor Spotlight to wrap up this Wednesday Y'all Show. But Tyler Perry, born in the Big Easy of New Orleans, and he's now 54 years young. What a successful career he's had. Estimates are that Tyler is worth a billion dollars. He has his huge studio there in Atlanta that was once a United States Army fort just to the southwest of downtown Atlanta. And he is a force in film and TV and really within the black community. Has often the biggest of the biggest stars find themselves hanging out alongside Tyler Perry. In fact, Perry was included in Time's list of the 100 most influential people of 2020. I can believe that. This guy might want to run for president. I mean, that's not a crazy thought with Joe Biden getting more and more heat about trying to run for re-election. Tyler Perry's got the money. He's got the fame. He's got the connections. Why not? Tyler, if you're listening, you qualify for, for my sake because you, you got that Southern lineage to you. He's got a great friendship with Oprah, Will Smith, Janet Jackson, and um, even has connections to uh, 
Prince Harry and Meghan. That's all you need. How about Tyler Perry and Prince Harry on a presidential ticket? I know you're supposed to be born in America, but they might make an exception for Harry. I do think that guy's going to run for something in California, perhaps for Senate. You know, they got a Senate seat about to come up in the California Republic. And uh, how about Harry? Harry or Megan? Megan could run, but I think Harry might have it. How, how crazy would that be if Harry ends up being a powerful political pe- figure in the United States? I don't even know if he's a U.S. citizen. I don't even know if he wants to be a U.S. citizen. He might be just be carpetbagging his way into living in California right now and then going back over to his native England. I don't know, but Prince Harry, Duke of Sussex, that might be a good running mate for Tyler Perry one day. You know what would be great? Instead of sitting here talking about crazy political possibilities, let's hear from the man himself. When we come back from this break, we got Tyler Perry in the role of Medea and a little life-changing speech that we found as we're going to help wrap up this y'all show Wednesday edition with some inspiration from this New Orleans-born, Atlanta-bred, Southern funny man and very, very successful businessman. On his birthday, happy 54th birthday to Mr. Perry. Y'all continues after this break. woman that is some music here as we continue our celebration of the birthday boy today tyler perry we're back on y'all winding down this wednesday edition and we are introducing a new feature that we're going to have from time to time on the program where we specifically spotlight southern humor and tyler perry has made a lot of people smile through the last couple of decades mainly when he himself (laughs) portrayed medea who often was a pretty funny mad black woman. We're going to wrap up this Y'all Show Wednesday edition going back to our birthday boy and a, a salute to him today as we found a clip of him in the Medea character talking about letting go. And so it is our pleasure on Y'all to give you this New Orleans-born but mostly Atlanta-bred 
as he's lived in Atlanta over 30 years now and a, a city that has really taken him to great stardom and great fame and and honestly as i said he's estimated at about a billion dollars of wealth probably a lot more than that he's done quite well tyler perry as medea talks here as we wrap up this wednesday show about letting go enjoy here on the y'all show get up and go on with your life it's all right to sit around be depressed for a minute cry about it do whatever you have to but don't stay there too long get up and go on with your life so you know what I, this is what I learned in all these years on this earth. If somebody want to walk out of your life, let them go. Especially if you know you done done everything you can do, you done sat around and been the best man or the best woman you could be and they still want to go, let them go. Whatever they running after, they'll see what they had in a minute, but by then it's going to be too late. Because you're a sick guy and you're going... Because half these people you be sitting around crying about and worry about two, three years from now, you ain't going to even remember their last name. How many times you have seen folks somewhere, you be like, what the hell was I thinking? Let folks go, son. Some people come in your life for a lifetime. Some come for a season. You got to know which is which. And you're going to always mess up when you mix them uh, seasonal people up with lifetime expectations. You can't, they got people that got married with people they was only supposed to be with for a season. And they got married to these people they only supposed to be with for a season and wonder why they're having so much hell in their life. That was a person that was supposed to come and teach you one thing. You didn't know it, so you just fell in love. And now you wonder why hey, you ain't got no peace nowhere you go. No, no. Listen, I put everybody coming in my life in the category of a tree. Some people are like leaves on a tree. Wind blow, they over here. They unstable. Blow the other way, they over here. Ain't nothing. Season change, they wither and die. They gone. It's all right. That's some people. Most people in the world are like that. They just there to take from the tree. They ain't, they ain't there to do nothing but take and give shade every now and then. That's all they can do. But don't get, don't get mad at people like that. That's who they are. They ain't gonna never be nothing. That's what they put on this earth to be, but be what they are, a leaf. Some people are like a branch on that tree. You gotta be careful with them branches too, because they'll fool you. They'll get there, and make you think they're a good friend and they're real strong. But the minute you step out there on them, they'll break and leave you high and dry. But if you find you two or three people in your life that's like the roots at the bottom of that tree, you are blessed because that's them the kind of people that ain't going nowhere. They ain't worried about being seen. Don't nobody have to know that they know you. They ain't got to know what they're doing for you. But if them roots wasn't there, that tree couldn't live. You understand? And, and, and they ain't got a whole, a tree can have a hundred million branches, but only a few roots down at the bottom to make sure it get everything it needs. I'm telling you something. When you get you some roots, hold on to them. But the rest of them, let it go. Just let it go. Let folks go. There you go. Tyler Perry, the birthday boy in his role of Medea. And that's some powerful stuff there. He is, he, or should I say she, he, she. <laughs> Medea is absolutely right there. The he, she knocked it out of the park. There's some folks you got to let go. Man, let them blow away like the wind does these leaves. They're a waste of time. And let them, let them go. And very important stuff to tell us about. And as Medea said, you really only need about two people that will be firmly rooted with you and keep you upright and stable. No wonder Tyler Perry has been so successful with philosophies like that and making people laugh along the way. 
you can see why this Atlanta resident has done quite so well. And those are some very, very helpful words for all of us. Just liken everybody to a tree. And who all is going to be the leaves on the tree and who all is going to be maybe those one or two roots that will keep you grounded. Something we could all learn going forward. That, my friends, wraps up our first Southern Humor Spotlight. Tyler Perry mixing in a little humor with some inspiration. Thank you, sir, for that. Or should I say thank you, ma'am, Medea. <laughs> and also, that wraps up our Wednesday Y'all Show. Happy birthday to Tyler Perry again, age 54 today. We will be back here on our Thursday Y'all Show with plenty of Southern conversation. We'll have stuff coming in from Nashville, Tennessee. Also, Kiefer Ingles will be back on to help us get ready for the weekend in college football. You got the annual battle between the Gators and the Volunteers, although I'm not sure these two teams are scheduled to play in 2024 because the SEC's got the schedule all out of whack with the addition of Texas and Oklahoma. So this may be the last matchup of those two teams for a while. We will talk about it when we have our pigskin prognosticator Kiefer on again our Thursday y'all show. We also have more stuff coming out in terms of food. We'll have our southern recipe of the day and as we do on Thursdays we tell you about all the awesome places to go to for Festive South. Great festivals going on in the southeast this weekend. Is your town do they have something going on or somewhere near you? Maybe you want to go get everything packed up in the car and head off to one of these great festivals coming up here for this mid-September weekend. We'll have all of that on our Thursday show. You don't want to miss it until that time. Podcast of y'all available at iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Apple iTunes. Until we see you Thursday, John Rawl thanking you for listening to Y'all Talk with an Accent on the South. <laughs>